everybody, welcome to the NC Real Estate Podcast. I am so excited that you have chosen to come and join me today. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its amazing members club for landlords and property investors. It's a place to come to build a property portfolio that completely aligns with your goals, falls in with best practice and gives you everything you need, including finance options, to upscale quickly. Now, it's been a few weeks, hasn't it, since you've just had me on my own, but I've had amazing guests and I hope that you've really enjoyed listening to changes that are happening in the property market through best practice changes. We had a bit on infrastructure and how National Rail was improving to make sure that the whole of the UK is more connected and reducing delays. And then last week we talked about Grenfell and the result of that and what you as landlords, property investors and surveyors can do to really make changes in your property portfolios and make sure that they're safe so that when tenants are living there, you are looking after them. After all, we do not want people dying on our watch. It's not what we're about. We're here to run property businesses and property businesses mean looking after our clients who are our tenants. And we really do have to make sure that they come first and foremost. So if you haven't yet listened to them, I would suggest going back over the last couple of weeks and getting involved in that conversation, seeing what it's all about, listening to the experts that I've had on because they're honestly amazing ladies within the property industry and they are fantastic podcasts. So go and do that. Now, the other question that I've got is, have you been involved in my 30-day property investment cash flow challenge? Well, if you haven't, I would strongly, strongly, strongly advise that you come on over to the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group and get involved. At the moment, what we're doing is we're running this challenge where every single day I encourage you to go and find money from somewhere. That can be selling something, that can be adding an additional service, that can be just finding money. You know, we've all got pennies lying around as I'm speaking to you right now. I can see a bag full of pennies on the desk, which I think my partner Chris is going to go and put into the bank, but I think there's about £7 worth in there. You can find money anywhere. And what I'm trying to do is get you to get creative, start putting together savings, and then invest that so that you can create cash flow on a monthly basis. And I teach you exactly how to do that. So if that's of interest to you and you're not part of the Facebook group, which is a phenomenal place, there's over two and a half thousand investors, landlords, surveyors in there. Like the key people in the property industry are in this Facebook group. So if you haven't joined that yet, Make sure that you're heading over there. Jump in, then there's a link. It's the first video. You'll see a video of me getting all excited about this cash flow challenge. Click on the link, register, and I'll send you through the workbook so that you can get going. And that is all completely free. So if that's of interest to you, that's the 30-day property investment cash flow challenge, head over to Property Investment Mastery on Facebook right now. I'll put the link below, but you can just type in Property Investment Mastery into the search bar on Facebook. Okay, so what have I been up to this week? Well, I am actually recording this live from New York City. So I'm on the other side of the Atlantic right now. Um, Mainly because Chris has been um, offered a job over in New York. And so for the pair of us, we are going to be living cross-continent for a while. We are 
currently on the lookout for a flat in New York and we're also going to have a new flat in London as well. So I'm looking for property investments from both sides of the Atlantic which is really exciting. It's always been a dream of mine to be able to live from anywhere but still invest in the UK and this is really where this is being tested. So everything that I've still got going on, I'm still a university lecturer, I'm still running the members club, I'm still a property investor, my development company is running, all of that is still going on. Just occasionally I will be in New York rather than London, but it's only what, a seven hour flight across the Atlantic and it's always pretty easy to get on a flight. So I'm so excited about it. And this weekend is just the weekend that we are in New York. So amazing, 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 amazing. I can't wait to keep you updated on what's going on. At the moment, we're just renting a flat. We're on, um, in between Madison Avenue and Park Avenue on East 38th Street, so really near Times Square, and it's beautiful. Last night we went out to Bryant Park, we sat there, and as the sun was going down, all the buildings started lighting up, it's gorgeous. I think it's just an absolute pr privilege to be able to get involved both sides of the Atlantic. London is gorgeous, New York is gorgeous, and just we're really having a fantastic time with that at the moment. So I thought I'd let you know that that's what I've been doing. For those of you who didn't see, on um, Friday, I also got in involved in a conversation with the BBC about the housing market in London and what's going on there. Should we be investing at the moment or should we not be investing at the moment? And that's, oh gosh, what a huge conversation to be having. But I think it's something that we really do need to start talking about. And that's what I'm going to focus this week's podcast on. What is the state of the housing market in the UK and more specifically London at the moment? For those of you who have listened previously, you'll know that we are selling our flat in London, mainly because it's just really not a good investment, quite frankly. The cost of the one bed is huge. So it's at £465,000. That's what it was last valued at. And it would be going on the market just a little bit more than that. Um, as we speak, it's being cleaned and I'm getting... Um, an interior designer in there to put some of their furnishings in so it looks beautiful like a show home and we'll then put it on the market and sell it from there. It would not have made a good rental investment. The rental income would not have covered the mortgage let alone the service charge um, and that's why we've decided to sell it and we're going to use the money to buy something uh, a little bit bigger but maybe a little bit further out we do love southwest london it's gorgeous it's really easy for me to get to see my family who are in cotswolds and around bath and my investment properties around bath as well i've also got investment property in notting hill so it's really easy for me to get everywhere but it's just that flat in putney is because it's a new build and it's in a really desirable desirable place like stone's throw from east putney station um Really, you can get top of the market prices there. So we're selling that. And then over the next couple of months, I'll have a look and buy somewhere, um, somewhere a bit bigger, somewhere that could also be a really good investment if we decide that we are actually going to buy a house further out and live there. I'm just giving myself so many options. But again, the housing market, I mean, there are so many conspiracies at the moment going on and I think we need to look at the cold hard facts of actually what's happening in the market at the moment. 
Now, a lot of people are saying to me, every single year, Natasha, someone predicts that there's going to be a housing market crash in London, which is then going to have a knock-on effect to the rest of the country. And I agree, like, that prophecy is constantly coming around. I think I've heard it every single year that I've been in London. And it's not to say that there won't be a crash or that a crash is highly unlikely because actually I think we're coming to a stage where there is going to be a recalibration in the London property market especially. And this is going to have a knock-on effect for external factors, uh, other markets within the UK because of course, you know, as the UK as a whole, towns aren't isolated but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be a bad impact everywhere. So let's have a look at really what's going on. So at the moment, we've got this very big thing, this very big influence that um, house prices are on average in the capital 19.7 times annual wages compared to 11.5 times annual wages in 2007, just before the housing crash. That My source from there is thisismoney.co.uk. And that to me is one of the biggest indicators that we're about to have a recalibration. House prices cannot go up too much more compared to um, wages because people are just saying, well, actually, hold on a minute, this is unaffordable. I don't want to buy here when I'm going to be crippled by huge mortgage debt. And I'm not going to be able to have that flexibility. I'm not going to be able to move around. I'm not going to be able to do things. So that's one of the biggest indicators for me at the moment that there is a recalibration on its way. Of course, then we've got government changes from legislation. I mean, we've got Brexit. Everybody's talking about Brexit. Uh, we had Mark Carney last week who said uh, that London property prices could drop by as much as 35%. It's a crazy figure. It really is a crazy figure. And I don't think we should be listening to that scaremongering. Of course, Brexit is going to have some sort of impact because for a while it's going to take away key players from the market. Europeans are going to feel very sceptical about investing in the UK because actually why should they be investing in the UK if they don't quite know where their position is or where they stand and that's going to have that knock on impact. As well as that we've got banks who are feeling very dodgy about the whole lending process. <laughs> You can see that they're downvaluing. If any if anybody's tried to get a mortgage at the moment and the banks come back and said that they're not lending um, at the price that you've offered or are asking price, it's because they think that there is a huge amount of risk in the market at the moment. So they're not valuing at the price that you would want to pay for a property. That's also an in, uh, issue. Um, they're also tightening up on lending as well. So you might not get that five times your annual uh, salary that you thought you would. They might not be taking into account bonuses anymore. It might be very difficult to get lending at the level that you want, whereas previously it hasn't been as difficult. They are now scrutinizing everything. And of course, interest rates have just gone up and who's to say whether they'll go up again? I mean, we thought last week they might change, but they didn't. They have stayed the same. But that trend is in an upward direction. And so banks aren't going to lend to you anything that they can't afford because they are trying to avoid the fallout from a huge crash as well. So they are going to be looking at you in more detail. So we've got those things that are happening. And then what I can also see is that optimistic agents are 
ignoring market trends and instead they're pushing prices up highly. So what they're saying to their clients is, don't worry, the market is still moving up. So let's put this property on the market at a higher price um, and see what interest we get. Of course, if you are a seller and your agent is saying to you, you could get £300,000 for a property that's only worth £250,000, are you ever going to accept an offer of £250,000? No, of course you're not. You're going to say, well, the professional has told me that this property is worth £300,000. So you know what? I am going to wait for that £300,000, which whether rightly or wrongly seems to be the trend and agents are always saying to their clients yeah well you know there'll be a buyer who'll come along but then think about it usually the buyers who are paying the top dollar in london especially are the overseas investors who have got much cash to chuck at this but now because of brexit they're thinking oh there's quite a lot of uncertainty in that market i'm not going to be paying that Again, you've got those key market players dropped out. So is there really the market for your property at that higher price? Hmm, that's to be decided. So again, that's another influential factor that really um, means that properties are actually being overpriced when they come on the market. If the demand is not there, if there isn't the players in the market to buy, then quite frankly, your property isn't worth what you've put it on the market for. And this is trends that we are going to start seeing and it might not be a nice thing for you to hear but look the other week if you had a read of my blog you will also see that there are thousands of Londoners moving outside of London because it is far more affordable um, and people can move out of London like look what I'm doing, I can work remotely, I can work from wherever I want um, and more often than not it's cheaper for me to work out of London and then travel in, you know, if I'm staying at my mum's in the Cotswolds, for example, if I'm staying at my flat in Bath, or I'm staying elsewhere in the cap outside of the capital, it doesn't cost me a lot to get into the centre anymore. And if I don't need to be there the full time, why do I need to be paying for a really expensive property in the centre when, you know, it's just as cheap for me to live outside? And this is what we are experiencing at the moment. People are basically saying, I am no longer paying that much for one of these properties. Hell no, I'm moving elsewhere, I'm looking further afield. You know what? I will just rent my place out, put it on the rental market and go and find a bigger place elsewhere. Or they'll simply say, do you know what? I'll give it a good go and try and sell. Um, and then from there, um, they sell the property and they can go and get somewhere bigger elsewhere. This in turn will then of course have a knock-on effect outside of London, whereas there's more demand in the more cost-effective areas, there'll be more players in that game, so that will then start pushing property prices up at longer distance commute about. So if you have a property there at the moment, this is probably looking quite good for you because you're thinking, oh, got a load of London buyers coming out towards my area, they're pushing the property prices up, which means that your property is going to be worth more, so you've got more equity in your property. Do you see how the property market is changing? It's not just a one-size-fits-all thing, it's really looking at the affordability of properties. What can people get? Do they actually want to be living in a small, really expensive flat in central London, or do they want to spend that money for a bigger place further outside? And these are the key decisions that people are going to be making at the moment. Along with that, 
Do you really want an overly expensive mortgage? Do you want to be fighting with banks to make sure you get the lending that you want? Hmm. Again, decisions, 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 decisions. And it depends upon location, where you want to be. And of course, every household is different. But these decisions, these questions are more predominant in the market than they ever have been. No longer is certain places within London a good investment. No longer are you guaranteed to always see these hugely spiraling upward trends that we've seen before. And you know, if you've bought your house in the last five years in London, you've probably seen 35, 50% increases on your property value in some areas. That's crazy. That cannot keep happening whilst wages don't increase as highly. And this is why we are going to start to see a market recalibration. Now, I can't give you exact figures. I do not have a crystal ball. I do not know what the knock-on impact of this is going to be. Um, but I can see sentiment changing. And I think this is something that we really need to keep our eyes on. One article I did see this morning was that PropertyWire.com are reporting that asking prices continue to rise in Britain with signs of renewed activity in London. And that is a real positive thing. Um, they're saying that asking prices in Britain increased by 0.7% or £2,088 on average this month. Which is good, okay, it does show signs of buoyancy. But don't forget that we are now in September. September is traditionally a time when market keeps keeps going. It's everything is picking up after the summer holiday, which is a traditionally a break, and it's now more players in the market, more people are searching for properties because they want to buy before the Christmas period, they want to move. And so with that becomes a renewed sense of optimism from sellers because they're thinking that well, there's more people around. So I am going to put my property at a higher price. Now, again, I don't know what the fallout from this is going to be, but chances are that asking prices don't always reflect where the market is. You can ask what you want for a property. You seriously can. But whether you're going to get that or not is a completely different matter. And what will be really interesting to have a look at between now and Christmas is how long properties are staying on the market for? Did they actually sell at asking price? Is there the demand there? And having a look at what stock moves quickly. So is there a lot of demand for the smaller properties? So the one beds, the two beds, the three beds, the four beds, or what is it that is causing this to move? Are people who price their properties right? So there may be discounting the property between five and 10%, shifting the property really quickly? Or actually, is there still this trend where people are offering above asking price, which now sounds crazy to me. It's important to keep a lookout for this. What is going on? My prediction would be uh, that I really think that prices do have to come down somewhat. Not in all areas, of course, some, some levels of property aren't where they were before the housing crash. So they've probably got a little way to go. But, it, but really my instinct would be that property prices can't continue to go up at such a steep level. And if you are out there on the market right now, which I'm in the market right now, come on, it's not as if I'm saying to you, I'm not investing at all. I'm not buying something. I'm selling somewhere so that I can buy somewhere else. That's what I'm doing at the moment. Um, my advice to you is to be really, really careful. In fact, 
I think there's room to put in offers of 10 to 20% below asking price. And it that should be an acceptable figure, actually. Um, and my other bit of advice is that not to start rushing into things. You have got time at the moment to play the game. I think by about March next year, we should probably see the market changing. The market will start to adapt to the, the new circumstance around Brexit. I think that people who are playing with caution will have completely removed themselves to the market from a while. Um, the changes from what we'll start to see through Brexit if any, any decisions are made. I mean, of course, no decisions are being made right now, but if those decisions have been made about exactly what's going to happen, then we will start seeing the market adjust accordingly. Banks will really adjust their game, how they're lending, what their restrictions are, and that will be a really good indicator of where the market's going. There will be a lot of people who will think, actually, is the market worth what it has been previously. Now, we do not want to be falling into neg negative equity. That is a terrible thing. I really do not hope that people lose huge amounts of money and can't afford their mortgages anymore. But what I'm saying is perhaps the market will start to stabilise around that time, probably in just to see what's going to happen over the next 12 months. I think 2019 is going to be a key time in the industry. And from my point of view, I'm in no rush to buy something right now. Yes, I will put in offers and I will see how that floats, whether that works, whether that doesn't work. And I'd advise you to do the same. I don't think hold off. I don't think not do anything. I think just start having a look around. What's going on with house prices? Where are they? Can you afford something? Has this gone up? Has this gone down? Put in an offer that you can afford and stick with it. We are no longer in a market where you should be offering above the asking price. In fact, we're in a market where you should be completely proceeding with caution. You should also be listening to your lenders. Your lenders will be valuing properties with caution as well. So do keep an eye on that. What are they valuing? Will they give you lending on what you want? Or if not, you need to be questioning whether you've asked, you've offered over the odds or whether maybe your bank has been too cautious. But I think that's a key sign as well. If your bank won't lend at the price you've offered, then I think you should be really considering whether you're actually getting a good deal on a property or not. Again, key advice here is proceed with caution. So I hope this has given you a lot to think about. Again, I can never give exact indications of what's going to happen over the next couple of months. I don't know. But I do think that the state of the housing market is going to be um, very, it's going to be a cautious place to be uh, investing in at the moment. And whatever happens, you do need to be making sure that you're offering at a price that can withstand any drops in the market because obviously we need to be making sure that we are risk proofing our property portfolios. Don't be over mortgaging so make sure that you've got a really good deposit in whatever property that you're buying so that it can withstand a little bit of a shake up in the property market as well. And just please proceed with caution. Do your due diligence. Have a look at what other properties are selling for and also keep an eye on how long they've been on the market. What you do not want to be doing is purchasing a property that's been on the market for three or four months at asking price when other properties wouldn't shift at that price. 
Do you see what I mean? Like, please keep making sure that you are giving yourself some wiggle room so that if at any point you do need to dispose of a property that you can still make money on that. So be offering low, 10 to 20% lower, and be prepared to just put in an offer and just sit and wait. There is no harm with doing that. You can simply say, do you know what? I'll put this offer on the table and I'll just leave it there. And if within the next couple of months you decide to accept it, I will be here ready to buy it. So that's what I would do. We don't know what's coming, but I do know that we're going to be looking at six months of uncertainty and that's going to make people act in ways that we wouldn't normally have experienced before because we've been very used to a rising property market that's been quite buoyant recently in the last couple of years. And so just keep an eye on what's going on. This isn't just a Brexit thing. As I said at the start, this is a multitude of different things coming together now all at the same time, which is really making the market quite chaotic. So again, if I can give you one piece of advice from this, this podcast, proceed with caution. So that brings us to the end of today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you've got any questions, do come over to the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group and you can type your questions in there, no problem. Also remember that everything that I do, all my blogs, I put out blogs most days actually about um, conversation pieces with what's going on in the UK property market. If you want to read those, head on over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk where you can get involved with the conversation there too. And if you've got any questions directly at me, my email address is natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. Do make sure you get in touch. So if you've liked this podcast, don't forget to push like and subscribe so that you get this podcast straight to your podcast provider every Tuesday morning at 7am. Have a fabulous week, everybody, and I will catch up with you again next week.